Let's continue reading the 12th chapter of Judges. Now, in this chapter, we have Jephthah's defeat of the Ephraimites in civil war. And we also have the next three judges in Israel, Ibsen, Elon, and Abdon. Judges chapter 12, beginning at verse 1. Then the men of Ephraim gathered together, crossed over towards Zaphon, and said to Jephthah, Why did you cross over to fight against the people of Ammon and did not call us to go with you? We will burn your house down on you with fire. And Jephthah said to them, My people and I were in a great struggle with the people of Ammon. And when I called you, you did not deliver me out of their hands. So when I saw that you would not deliver me, I took my life in my hands and crossed over against the people of Ammon. And the Lord delivered them into my hand. Why then have you come up to me this day to fight against me? Now Jephthah gathered together all the men of Gilead and fought against Ephraim. And the men of Gilead defeated Ephraim because they said, You Gileadites are fugitives of Ephraim among the Ephraimites and among the Manassites. The Gileadites seized the fords of the Jordan before the Ephraimites arrived. And when any Ephraimite who escaped said, Let me cross over, the men of Gilead would say to him, Are you an Ephraimite? If he said no, then they would say to him, Then say Shibboleth. And he would say Sibboleth for he could not pronounce it right. Then they would take him and kill him at the fords of the Jordan. There fell at that time 42,000 Ephraimites, and Jephthah judged Israel six years. Then Jephthah the Gileadite died and was buried in among the cities of Gilead. After him, Ibsan of Bethlehem judged Israel. He had 30 sons, and he gave away 30 daughters in marriage and brought in 30 daughters from elsewhere for his sons. He judged Israel seven years. Then Ibsen died and was buried at Bethlehem. After him, Elon, the Zebulonite, judged Israel. He judged Israel ten years. And Elon, the Zebulonite, died and was buried at Agilon in the country of Zebulun. After him, Abdon, the son of Hillel, the Perathonite, judged Israel. He had 40 sons and 30 grandsons who rode on 70 young donkeys. He judged Israel eight years. Then Abdon, the son of Hillel, the Parathonite died and was buried in Parathon in the land of Ephraim in the mountains of the Amalekites. Well, once again, let's begin our study of Judges 12 with some background notes. The book of Judges covers about 350 years of Israel's history. Now, the four judges mentioned in this chapter, Jephthah, Ibsen, Elon, and Abdon, all come near the end of the period of the Judges. Samson, who is covered in the next few chapters, also comes near the end of the period of the Judges. In fact, it could be that both Samson and Abdon overlap with the early part of the life of Samuel. Samuel, remember, is sometimes called the last judge and first prophet in Israel. The reason for the mention of all these sons and daughters for the judges Ibsan and Abdon is to emphasize their community status and influence as well as their affluence. Verse 14 says that Abdon had 40 sons and 30 grandsons who rode on 70 young donkeys. To have your own young donkey to ride on in those days was a status symbol of nobility. Today, that would be like saying the judge had 40 sons and 30 grandsons, and they all drove new BMWs. Well, what about the rest of Jephthah's record here in Judges chapter 12? 
Hebrews 11, verse 32, informs us that Jephthah was a man of faith. And we've seen that evidence. But Jephthah was by no means flawless, was he? We saw the rash and foolish vow that he made at the end of chapter 11. Now we see another rash decision that resulted in the deaths of 42,000 fellow Israelites from the tribe of Ephraim. The men of Ephraim were uptight because they claimed that Jephthah hadn't called them to join in the battle against the Ammonites. Jephthah said that he had called them, but they didn't come. In verse 4, we see that Ephraim resorted to name-calling. You Gileadites are fugitives of Ephraim among the Ephraimites and among the Manassites. In other words, they were saying that Jephthah and the Gileadites, who lived on the east side of the Jordan River, had deserted the illustrious tribes of Ephraim and Manasseh that lived on the west side of the Jordan River. In the civil war that ensued, Jephthah and the Gileadites defeated the Ephraimites that had come over from the west side to the east side of the Jordan to fight Jephthah. But Jephthah wasn't content with just a military victory. He wanted revenge. He captured the fords of the Jordan and cut down any one of the Ephraimites that was trying to, you see, escape from the east side back home to the west side of the Jordan. And the way he did it was he presented this linguistic test, and everyone who couldn't pass his linguistic test was cut down, and 42,000 Ephraimites were killed. A sad day in the history of Israel. And certainly more we could say on the background here, but let's move now to our doctrinal or teaching points from Judges chapter 12. What is the Bible teaching us here anyway? Well, I think we have some lessons here about how to avoid internal strife. There's no doubt that this civil war and all the bloodshed could have been avoided if certain attitudes had been changed. And there's no doubt that a lot of internal strife today in the home and in the church could be avoided if certain bad attitudes were guarded against and held in check. Let's look at three critical attitudes that we should watch out for in order to avoid internal strife and friction. Those three critical attitudes are our three doctrinal points. So doctrinal or teaching point number one, believers should watch out for the sideline critic attitude. Believers should watch out for the sideline critic attitude. Ephraim had the sideline critic attitude. Ephraim should have come to help fight the Ammonites, but they didn't. Now they have the audacity to criticize Jephthah from the sidelines. And this was not the first time. Back in Judges chapter 8, we see this same sideline critic attitude on the part of Ephraim. There they complained that Gideon hadn't invited them to fight against Midian. They criticized from the sidelines. Do you know any Christians like that? They don't get involved much themselves in the work of the Lord, but they criticize everyone else. They are sideline critics. This is wrong. It's bad enough to criticize fellow believers when you're involved, but to criticize fellow believers from the sidelines is really bad. You know, many elders and church leaders have had to take this abuse, and church leaders and elders are to be commended 
for weathering the storm because that kind of abuse hits them all the time. Folks, let's not be sideline critics. Let's get involved and not criticize. Much internal strife can and will be avoided. Believers should watch out for the sideline critic attitude. Doctrinal point number two. Believers should watch out for the I've had it attitude. Believers should watch out for the I've had it attitude. Ephraim was wrong to criticize Jephthah, but Jephthah was wrong to take the I've had it attitude. That's basically what Jephthah said, right? I've had it with you Ephraimites. I'll teach you not to criticize. Take this. And he slaughtered 42,000 fellow Israelites. Jephthah's I've had it attitude was surely a wrong and bad attitude, and yet I think we can all identify here, can't we? How many here must confess that you've had that attitude more than once? Illustration. You know, I almost got to the point of an I've had it attitude this past month. In reference to our latest Holy Land tour, there developed a major glitch. Olympic Air changed its flight schedule with only a few weeks left before the tour is to begin. Forty people have had to change the domestic flights into JFK in New York. Talk about logistical nightmares. Penalty fees, higher fares, disgruntled tourists. Margie and I almost got to the we've had it stage. We were tempted to cancel the whole thing. But we didn't because there would have been a lot of disappointed people. So we didn't cross the line, all right? But many times we do cross the I've had it line. And many times it's more critical than just the Holy Land tour. Gifted people have left the ministry. Committed people leave the church. Husbands leave their wives. Wives leave their husbands. What heartache. How much better to work it out. That's what Gideon did, by the way, back in chapter 8, when the Ephraimites had this same critical attitude that we see they have here. Gideon could have said, I've had it, but he didn't. He gave the Ephraimites a soft answer, and their wrath was turned away. They talked it out. Civil war was avoided. So much internal strife can be avoided if we stay inside the I've had it boundary line. Believers should watch out for the I've had it attitude. And doctrinal point number three, Believers should watch out for the say shibboleth attitude. Believers should watch out for the say shibboleth attitude. Verses 5 and 6. The Gileadites seized the fords of the Jordan before the Ephraimites arrived. And when any Ephraimite who escaped said, let me cross over, the men of Gilead would say to him, are you an Ephraimite? If he said no, then they would say to him, then say shibboleth. And he would say sibboleth for he could not pronounce it right. Then they would take him and kill him at the fords of the Jordan. You know, a couple of weeks ago, Margie and I were in Boston. There they say, park the car. They can't say park the car. They also say, I have a good idea, and they give poinsettias at Christmas time. We could easily set up a test to see who's from the Boston area. That's what Jephthah did. Those from Ephraim couldn't say shibboleth. They said sibboleth. And on that basis, their fate was decided with no mercy. It seemed so cruel, and it was. 
But you know the same attitude exists in the church today? I know people who have been judged to be unspiritual because they don't use these and thous in prayer. I know Christians whose basis of fellowship is what translation of the Bible you read. I know Christians who like to worship with their hands raised when they sing praise songs. I know Christians who like to worship with their hands down when they sing praise songs. Listen, some Christians say shibboleth and some say sibboleth, but we are all brothers and sisters in Christ. Let's not let our shibboleths cause internal strife. Let's watch out for these unbiblical tests of spirituality. Believers should watch out for the say shibboleth attitude. Practical application. Let's not be part of a circular firing squad. Let's not be part of a circular firing squad. Some of you still don't seem to get it. <laughs> Think it through. A circular firing squad? Who ever heard of a circular firing squad anyway? It's another way of describing civil war in Israel, in Jephthah's day. And it certainly describes internal strife in the church today. Christians shoot at one another instead of shooting at the enemy. Galatians 5.15 says, But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. Could it happen in this church? Yes, it could. Folks, let's not be part of a circular firing squad. 